Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Craig Woodward. We recorded this in front of a live audience at the Nimbin Roots Festival. Thanks again so much to Lou Bradley for bringing me out. I would not be touring Australia right now if it weren't for you, and I'm so grateful to be here. Nimbin Roots Festival was a hoot. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan, my go-to for traditional instruments and accessories. Next time you want to upgrade your instrument or you run out of strings or lose your favorite pick or your tuner breaks, go stock up at elderly.com. Make sure to stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with all of Craig's musical activities. Also, while this show does have sponsors, it's mainly funded by its listeners like you. If you want to keep Get Up in the Cool going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, here's my interview and jam with Craig Woodward. Enjoy. Oh yeah, you call it. You call okay, it when good. you want to end the tune. Okay. Yeah, yeah. During that whole tune. Yeah. Well, I'll play I as long asked as you Cameron want. About that. Yeah. Should have asked Cameron about that. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Craig Woodward, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're here in the fig tree 
the Nippin yeah. Roots Festival. It is cool up here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Right. <laughs> um, so, I know next to nothing about you. We've had very few uh, interactions. Um, yeah. And uh, mostly, I just know you from about uh, 30 minutes ago. That's where right. We were, That's where right. we were warming up a little bit. Um, right. So, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into playing music? Ah, right, music. Yeah. Sure. Was, was old time? American it wasn't music. the first, well, Old Time wasn't the first thing I played. Yeah. I kind of did play, I guess what led me to Old Time was in, an interest in early blues music, yeah. which I kind of got into because I wanted to play guitar and kind of started listening to guitar kind of music and dug back through to find stuff that was kind of a bit raw, you know? Yeah. And through that, um, discovered Old Time music. There was a few people in Melbourne, which is where I'm from, playing it sort of around the folk scene a little bit and at the time um, the kind of blues that I was playing sort of pre-war kind of stuff there wasn't much of a there wasn't really venues for except going into the folk scene maybe so that I ended up coming across some people who played this kind of music and how old, how old were you at this time um, I was probably Late teens, I guess. Late teens, yeah. yeah. So you were into blues guitar, yeah. and then the only place to play that was in sort of the general like folk music scene. Yeah, that's, that's right. where you're exposed to. That's correct. This stuff. Very that's good. good. You said it better than I did, but <laughs> just <laughs> recapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. To make sure I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. And um, uh, firstly, because I was interested in the banjo coming from guitar, and yeah. so there was one guy that I saw playing uh, claw hammer or, or frailing banjo and it was kind of interesting he had a very primitive style and looked like he was just hitting it with his fists you know and yeah. I thought well that's that's pretty good you know I can hear what's going on but it just looks like he's kind of whacking it and yeah for, for those in the audience like a, a typical bluegrass banjo I can't really do it but it's like a it's like a very rolly fingery motion a claw hammer just looks like bang 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 even though it sounds sometimes very delicate so it mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's right. Pay attention to the next tune. So yeah, and then I kind of uh, a while a while later took up um, fiddle. Yeah, partly because um, you know I, I sort of had a, a, the sort of fiddle in mind that I wanted to play with playing banjo. Yeah, but wasn't necessarily finding finding it. Yeah, so, Sh short supply of, of fiddlers in the style that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm always just so impressed with the amount of um, adult beginner uh, fiddlers in the old time oh, yeah, community, yeah, yeah. and most of them sound really good. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, everyone assumes that the you know fiddle is like this instrument that you, you have, have to, to start as a three-year-old or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's plenty of I, I teach a lot too, and only only teach um, adults. You know, we've got a heap of adult students learning the fiddle from scratch. You know. I usually tell them maybe go and talk to someone that's, that can show you how to hold the bow and stuff right. like that first, but often they don't. Yeah, get like a proper they violin say, no, just lesson. show me the way you do yeah. it, but I think, yeah, but the way I do it's like, yeah. there's a few bad habits. <laughs> yeah, you like, yeah. Yeah, well, for those, the way I hold it's watching, a bit, yeah. um, it's a bit limiting with what you can play, but it's kind of limited to the stuff that I like a bit, so it's, it's sort of okay. I, I bet you really can get out of first position down here. Uh, it's, it's sort of an old old way of holding the, the fiddle, even a pre-classical way of holding the instrument. You know, if you see old paintings, um, you know, in Europe and stuff. Oh yeah, they hold down here? Well, they look like, often look like old-time fiddlers, where they're yeah. sort of sitting in the body, 
resting on their on their palm inside of their palm and so it can kind of be placed wherever you know yeah because it's actually balancing there not not here yeah. you know so, so i was like um david bass's uh oh yeah fiddling posture yeah you <laughs> <laughs> That's great, David. For the listeners at home, he, he sort of uh, he sort of traces the, his neck to his chin from his like collarbone, just yeah, like it's, right in the middle. It's really bizarre, <laughs> but he, makes, well, he certainly well, makes it work. He's yeah, yeah. He's certainly a crazy fiddler. I bet it's easier to I bet it's easier to hear. Did you start with it up? Like in yeah, the classical yeah, style? I did. It's probably easier to hear everyone else. Well, that's right. It's easier to hear the people you're playing with. Yeah. <clears throat> because it's not you know it's not screaming in your ear. Right. It's also easier to balance your singing with if you can, you know, you fiddle and sing at the same time. Yeah. It's a lot better for that. Free neck. And even with, uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me, with, with playing into a mic, it's kind of better too, you know. Oh, yeah. For, um, you know, having it sort of in between where you can pick up the fiddle and the, yeah, and the voice sort of nicely, you know. So, uh, and another thing back in Melbourne after, through the folk scene, I discovered there was a, kind of bluegrass, <clears throat> traditional country music society, um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of in encouragement and influence through those people. And I was there playing blues initially. Yeah. <clears throat> which wasn't something they, with a, that was really included usually. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's American Southern music, you can do that here if you like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. It's I nice that. let you in. <laughs> Picking at the piggery was called in Footscray. Sorry? It was called Picking at the Piggery. Picking at the Piggery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was it called the Piggery? that the club name? Well, it was at a place that had once been a, a Piggery, I think, which is now, now an uh, art centre, yeah. a community art centre. Very good. So, I think that's the story with that. So, um, you have had some travels to America, and I want to ask you more about that, but maybe we'll start with a, a tune that you learned from a, a family. In, in the States, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 sort of a family, a kind of, you know, a social group, a, yeah. a band. Now, let me think what, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Roscoe, we're yeah. going to play Roscoe. And, um, we just came up with a set list. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of some things to play that might be a little bit different than the way people usually play them. I, mean, I know people play Roscoe, um, which comes from Carl Creed, who's sort of famous as a banjo player and banjo maker, but did put out a album where he's playing fiddle with a kind of bluegrass backing band. Yeah. And the banjo player in that band was named Roscoe, and he named his tune after him, but claimed it was a version of Buy Them Cabbage Down. Gotcha. Which I, you know, this was way later after I landed off these, um, these friends that I met in uh, Madison County, North Carolina. So yeah, let's play that. Uh, it's got this great lick sort of at the end of the A part, which then the same lick is repeated, or it goes into the B part. Yeah. Which I thought was the whole point of the tune, but then when I went back and listened to- it's like um, Yeah, yeah. But then listening to Clyde's recording, they don't even do that. So yeah. it just sounds like, oh yeah, it's a version of Byland Cabbage. <laughs> well, let so me uh, check that. my tuning just to make oh, sure yeah. I'm still, I was kind of banging away at it. <clears throat> I'm a bit hoarse today, you know, sorry about that. I'm a little hoarse, you know, because uh, the local, is, is yes, the local yes. thing up <laughs> the here. Local, yeah, yeah. I got a bit caught up in that last night whilst we were playing some music with some friends. All right, 
brand he's, new one. He's, uh, he's my version of Roscoe, which I probably learnt wrong from some friends there in Madison County, North Carolina, just west, west of Asheville.
a good ladder. Thank you. Oh boy. So that the, the end of that tune sounds like ending a tune. The lick in that tuning is an ending, right? It's like a classic ending. Yeah. But that sounded all right. That's a good way to oh, yeah, that's yeah, good yeah. way to finish. <laughs> Very it. candid, yeah. Good. Yeah. So um yeah, tell me about your when, when did you first go to America? Was it was it sort of as an old time pilgrimage, or did you have other oh, yeah, reasons yeah. to go? No, no, I couldn't think of any other reasons to go. <laughs> except That's now, fair. Except now I go on Cajun music uh, pilgrimages okay, yeah, yeah. as well. So, yeah. um, you know, and some things in New York City like Harlem Soul Food and stuff. That's worth. Oh, that's yeah. worth looking. Okay. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was to find old time music and to go to a couple of festivals as a start. Yeah, start which ones up. you go to? Um, Clifftop and Galax. Did you go to, There's you said 98? A, a um, ring off that microphone. In 1998, yeah. 1998, was that the first Clifftop? No, they've been going for a while before that, I think. Because it's only been around for like 12... It was an early-ish one. Early-ish yeah. one, yeah. Very good. Yeah, but I think it have been going for, you know, there's and, a good and, few people there. And Galax as well? Galax, yeah. So, uh, At first I didn't like Gail, it was a bit weird and there was groups of police walking around looking for people to arrest to see if they were seen drinking and stuff like yeah. that. And we were actually going, I was there with a couple of friends, uh, two days in we were actually going to leave. I thought no, this feels really <laughs> uncomfortable. But then kind of hooked up with some people that, yeah. you know, looked after looked after us a bit. You know, uh, Bill and Nancy Slays, you probably oh, know, yeah. they're, you know, they're real uh, kind of hardcore Galax kind of pickers. and. So for the, for the people in the audience, um, so Clifftop is a relatively new, it's like under 30 years old, I think, um, festival in West Virginia. <coughs> and then um, about like half an hour away, right, is Galax. It's pretty close, yeah. And, and that one's been around for like 80 years. I think that's maybe the oldest. Yeah. And it's, it's a really <coughs> got a very different feel to it. It's much more it's local. totally separate cultures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, much Cliff more Clifftop, everyone comes in. And Galax is very local. Yeah. And you can get away with a lot at Clifftop, but Galax, there's yeah, police around. Yeah, well I won't get flags. If they still do 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 that. I I've heard they weren't even real police, they were just sheriff's departments from the neighboring kind of towns. Oh interesting, yeah. <laughs> oh there is uh, I shouldn't say it. who listens to this, sorry? I shouldn't call them not real police. Sorry. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but are they trained police or I, I don't know. Yeah, it's the so, sheriff's department. So um, back then they had like a strong culture, and that was your first. Yeah. One of your first exposures to American culture, like in person. That yeah, was yeah. Being, That would be a yeah. culture shock. Oh yeah. I yeah. still haven't gotten up the nerve to go to Galax. And yet. I got um, you know introduced to uh, to play with like the Birchfield family and stuff. Oh like really? That. So that's that's as old time as you know. That's gonna find. Very good. And I think <clears throat> even though. Even though Bill was playing fiddle, I think maybe Joe was still there, but um, around then. Yeah. And maybe there at the festival with the jam that I was in, it was Bill playing the fiddle. Were they um, were they excited to uh, have someone from from Australia at Galax? Hard to tell. Hard to tell. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You know, it's like. So hey, hey, hey go. There's uh, yeah southern hospitality, <laughs> but then. You know, uh, they also are trying to, you know, protect a tradition too. So. And when you talk about, you know, you can't drink at Clift at Galax, yeah, isn't the case. You're just not, you know, allowed to be visibly right seen drinking. 
so everything's in a paper bag or whatever. Yeah. So <clears throat> that jam was, you know, it was pretty well lubricated jam. So yeah, yeah. they could have been excited, you know. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we uh, get to D um, to play some? Yeah. Yeah, that was next, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, let's yeah. go to D. I put our set list on the phone, but I forgot that I'm recording, so just all, yeah, keep it up here. Quick tuning break. Just take a moment. It changes, it changes quite a bit, too. So, are you going to raise bass? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, so he takes the G, G up to A. Up to A. Um, that's just to make it. Um, well, yeah, why, why do you specifically do raised bass? A lot of people well, don't. No, a lot yeah. of people don't. And, and for D tunes, like, it's not necessarily going to make them that much difference to play. Yeah. Uh, I've got, you know, I don't like using my pinky up on the bottom string. I've got a small yeah. hand. But um, what I tell people is the, the best way to think about why to go to this tuning is because in these D tunes, you don't need a low G. So why have it there? Like. It's no use to have it a G at the bottom, but there's plenty of use to having that because you can you got the same drone on each side of your um, yeah. There's a little insect on my feet. Oh, good. It's been on my hand for ages. Finally got stuff on it. Um, so I can use it as a drone, or it helps with uh, some tunes where there's a bit of melodic stuff down on the low string, like yeah. this one I'm going to play actually, and it's just a bit easier than kind of having to use your fourth finger and play kind of underneath, underneath that. So yeah, what are we going to play next? Well, this is sort of uh, a bit of a reference to the, these um, people that I ended up hooking up with at that um, at that first cliff top. And my idea was to go, I was actually there for three months, but my idea was to go to a festival so I could meet some people. I'm not as into going to the festivals, but then I'd have some people to kind of go and yes. stay with. Yeah. And that worked out really well, and I met these um, people, uh, and it was a while, you know, it was a few, uh, couple of weeks later that I ended up going to stay with them, because these people weren't folks that go to, go to Galax um, for some reason. And um, <clears throat> they were actually performing I don't know if they still do this at Clifftop, but if you win a contest like banjo or fiddle or whatever, you get invited back to, to do a, an actual paid set. Do they, they, they do, do a ver just for the bands. The bands that oh, just get the bands. to come back. It used yeah. to be like if you won the fiddle or the banjo, you could bring your band. And um, That's cool. now the guy, the, these people who I was uh, who I met up with, uh, banjo player who had won the won the banjo contest the year before, his name's Jake Owen. I don't know if you know Jake. No, I don't. And he's son of Malcolm Owen. Malcolm and Blanton Owen had the Fuzzy Mountain string. Oh, band. okay. So well, yeah. you and I were Blanton, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. played with Tommy Gerald. And, yeah. And I, I was sitting in camp and he was playing this banjo and I said, man, that, that looks like this banjo that I saw in this video clip in the movie of Tommy Gerald. And not the movie, the, some college performance or something. Yeah. And I said, he said, oh yeah, that was my Uncle Blanton's banjo and Blanton had like passed away a little earlier than that and he was a hobby pilot and he crashed his plane or something and Jake ended up with his banjo and they were doing um, a set at you know in the afternoon or something and they played this tune and I kind of later learned it off I had made a recording of their set <clears throat> I never knew the name of the um, the tune or if they I don't think they made it up because they, um, everything else they were playing was 
a traditional tune, but they did play things a little bit different, like that Roscoe, yeah. the people I got that Roscoe from. And um, but the name of their band is Fishing Without Permission. So that's what I call this tune. Fishing, Fishing Without, Without permission. permission. That's right. Very good. Very and good. I'm sure someone listening to your show will be able to identify what that tune actually is. Yes, please. Right in. It's Fishing Without Permission.
<clears throat> we didn't re- we didn't re- uh, rehearse our no. endings. <laughs> so. I thought you said one more. <laughs> no, I'd never say that. All right, all right. I just gotta, you know. Uh, it's more about the middle of the tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fishing without permission. Does anyone in the audience know the actual name of that tune? No. Okay. Write in if you're listening. Let us know. Yeah. So Dimitri, if you're listening, Dimitri De, uh, DeWolf, I think. Dimitri was, DeWolf. Yeah, was the the fiddler with with that band. Um, I don't know if he plays much anymore. Steve Fagan, hello if you're listening out there. And Corey, good to catch up one day. Hi Steve. Hi Corey. Corey. <laughs> so and Jack, this is Steve course. Fagan. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. We're playing no one's major. Fishing without permission. Yeah. So where are we where are we going from here? We're gonna play. We're gonna play cutting at the point. More? Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you wanna just go and do that? You wanna talk a bit yeah, let's, more? No, let's get right in. Yeah. Cutting yeah. at the point. <clears throat> now this is a G tune, but um <clears throat> and we decided well, we both thought it's actually better in, I think of it as a G tune, because that's kind of, feels like it's at home. But it spends more time in D, so you need yeah. D banjo tuning for this. Yeah, it's a little ambiguous, sometimes you get that. But time. I don't want this here. Yeah. Which we forgot to. So I'll just check, just play your D again for me. I'll... So I, I um, have done, I still do kind of listen more to the really old recordings, I think. And some of the kind of field recordings, I suppose, of um, that neighbouring concert's pretty loud. Yeah, yeah. So your <laughs> listeners are going to get a little of that as well. No, I mean, I, I record this at festivals and yeah, yeah. next to jams next door. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It'll just so, be a weird backdrop to that's right. <laughs> our conversation. They'll we'll probably think it's their neighbours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was I just Cutting at the point. Oh, cutting at the point. You had a little intro to this team. Oh, yeah, I can't, I've lost my train of thought oh, yeah. But it was about, um, oh yeah, the old recordings. Um, I was still like, mostly kind of getting influence from the earliest recording, early uh, commercial recordings from the 20s, 30s, you know, um, which this uh, cutting at the point comes from. I'm sure plenty of people play it, but I haven't really, this is one I haven't heard on a, a, a more recent kind of, version or gentrified a version or anything right else. sure do you know what it means i'm totally going to well, steal that like gentrified versions of tunes that's totally what happens yeah. <laughs> yeah i reckon it's probably to do with roadworks roadworks cutting at the point or getting like cutting a cutting here is when they cut a bit of the side of a mountain out so you can cut a road in so oh like a, a point like a stony point well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cutting oh, yeah, right. I, would, about, I don't know that's just what i hear it as but it could be Interesting. Could be actually. It could be very yeah. Cut it to the point. Yeah. Cutting, it sounds like, like a conversational like demand. Like cut to the point. Ah yeah. yeah. Ah yeah. Do but I like your I like yours more. Yeah. Mine's pretty boring. It's just like well. a thing, you know, like a a, a cutting. Anyway, he's cutting at the point. Cutting at the point. I can't remember the band this comes from. Thank you. 
No, that's a hypnotic tune. That's that hypnotic is. Tune. Not many notes. Yeah. It's all phrasing and not many. Feels not very, much melody. Very circular. Yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah, because you kind of can't tell what. You yeah. could say that it's in G or in D. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Either that's way. right. It's really neat. Yeah, yeah. Cutting at the point. Yeah. Now I gotta know what that's all about. Yeah. Well, um, find out. we have uh, one more tune. Let's uh, get up to A yeah. so we can play this last tune, um, and then uh, we'll we'll promote promote all your different projects. And, and so yeah. You got those Tommy Gerald tuners. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of fiddlers of that generation had these tuners. A lot of them. Yeah, you see photos of same with Fred Cochran's fiddle and. Uh, huh. Um, even um, Hobart Smith, who has a banjo player, he must yeah. be into Hobart, Hobart surely. Yeah. Um, I've seen a picture of him with his fiddle. Has these on. Um, Benson Flippin, even though he was maybe a slightly younger generation, had these on. And it was just something that seemed to be around at a particular time. And it was probably uh, an easier way of fixing pegs that had yeah, gone funny. So they didn't necessarily, the fiddles didn't necessarily come from the factory with them on. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, even down in Louisiana see, too, you see the early, Dennis McGee and the early Cajun fiddlers too from that they use same those era too. had these same pegs, yeah. So like a classical violin usually uses um, like friction pegs, meaning you kind of got to like, it sort of sets in and uh, it, it stays in place by friction, but these are more like a guitar. Guitar one. Or like a miniature double bass when you see the yeah. bass has exactly that on there. Yeah. And like they, they change the sound too. They actually technically they you lose something having these sound wise. Um, as opposed to the ebony pegs, you know, have more tone or, Yeah, what do you lose? But, well something in the tone. But it kind of it's a very familiar kind of yeah, different sound because it's a real old time sound. And you kind of make up from that loss of tone here by getting rid of your fine tuners up this end. Oh, so you got the strings hooking straight into the ebony. Uh, I've got one there, um, makes it a bit easier on the E string, but. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let me give, give me an A, I'll just make sure. But mine are a bit creaky, I like to hit them with some uh, sewing machine oil every now and then, but yeah. I, haven't got, haven't, uh, I haven't done that for a bit. So um, mm. where should people go to uh, find your music? Um, you got it available online, or the very next set after this at the hall, I'm playing with my band Flying Engine Trio. Oh, very good. But I've also I've got some CDs of the Flying Engine String Band, which is the five-piece version, plus some earlier uh, band lineups that I had, um, and a duo that I play with a fair bit with a guitar player. And if you're in Melbourne, as a track down. In uh, Melbourne, um, we also have a regular jam session that I, I run at Jam every Saturday, except for this one, because we're here, but yeah. the jam is on. I've got a friend taking care over that. Oh, good. At the, um, we've recently moved the jam. It's been going for over 15 years, so it's a weekly old-time jam. It's a long range. And it's currently at um, the Charles Weston in Brunswick, back in Melbourne. So there's that, and it's kind of various, you know, I'm out playing a fair bit and also have a Cajun band, which I like to play a lot of Cajun music on accordion and fair lot. What's the Cajun band's name? The Johnny Can't Dance Cajun Band. The Johnny Can't Dance Cajun Band. Named after a famous uh, tune from Lawrence Walker. 
Johnny Can't Dance. Johnny Can't Dance. Yeah. Do you have uh, websites for for these for the people at uh, home? Not as such, but there's okay. Facebook pages. Okay, so oh, no, Facebook on, there pages. Is, there is a Reverb Nation. We've got a Reverb Nation oh, page for a, for the Cajun band. So if people wanted to, uh, if we're listening at home, we wanted to get a hold of uh, these CDs, they could contact you through Facebook. Yes, I through think through so. the Facebook pages. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that wasn't the case. I only really use it for promote, promoting gigs and stuff. But yeah. at least it, at least I can be contactable. But I haven't sure. got around to putting actual um, sort of a necessary website evil. together. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. It's so terrible. <laughs> All right. So uh, what do you want to play for this last tune? Well, I've been trying to think of things that are a bit different um, than you might hear, uh, you know, commonly jams or string bands. But I thought we should do one um, standard, so uh, this always been a favourite is Breaking Up Christmas, it's a great A tune, so let's play that, what do you think? Sounds good. Do you want to sing? Do you want to sing some? Yeah, what are the words? Is it Breaking Up, Wake Up Jim, Wake Up John, Breaking Up Christmas all day long, or all night long? You can, there's two verses right there. Okay, great. I'll do both of them. All night long. Yeah. <laughs> very, very nuanced variation. Yeah, you can sing a bit or I'll, or I'll sing it, don't mind. But you're going to sing? I can sing if you I want. I would love, yeah, you should. Okay, I'll sing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a delight. Stick around after, after this tune for your special bonus track, audience. All right. All right, audience. And CDs in the back.
wants you to come to the weekly Old Time Jam in Brunswick, Melbourne at the Charles Weston Hotel. It's every Saturday from 2 to 5. And if you're listening to this on your way to Dorigo, make sure you check the schedule for Craig's Old Time Band, the Flying Engine String Band, and his Cajun band, Johnny Can't Dance. Both those groups have Facebook pages, which you should like and follow so you'll be up to date with Craig. Craig also has albums for sale, including the new self-titled album from Flying Engine String Band and albums from his previous bands, Woodward and Ruff and Headbelly Buzzard. Just shoot him an email at craigfwoodward at hotmail.com or contact him through any of his band's Facebook pages. Get Up in the Cool is funded primarily by you, the listeners. If you haven't signed up to support the show, visit getupinthecool.com and click the button that says Patreon. Choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward. Throw in a little and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. Throw in a little more and you could get access to the bonus track blog where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for each episode, including this one. It's an old sledge. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up In The Cool tune archive, featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says store, then choose a support level that works for you. Shout out to my newest Patreon supporter, Ian Alexander. Thank you so much for helping fund the show. And thanks also to you and Linda for hosting me last week and taking me to see my first monotremes. I had a great time hanging out with you two. To those of you who are unable to support Get Up in the Cool financially, please consider spreading the show around to people who might. Just follow my personal account on Instagram and like and follow Get Up in the Cool's Facebook page and Twitter and share those videos and links. Another great way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show. Or choose the promotional option and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. Speaking of which, thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Elderly Instruments. You can visit their online store at elderly.com. If you want to book me for your square dance, festival, or music camp, or take Skype banjo lessons from me, go to getupinthecool.com and click contact. Also on that website are links to my albums, including Get Up In The Cool Volume 2, which is now available as a CD or digital download. I have another podcast called Think Outside The Box Set. It's an irreverent weekly music review show and it's available wherever you like to get podcasts. If you're having trouble finding or remembering anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up In The Cool Facebook page and group. 
That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.